Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the first official Leafs Late Night post-game show of the preseason of season three. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Where's my where's my my fun button? Oh my gosh, I said I should have gotten this ready. I'm such an amateur. My favorite little children cheering button. <laughs> that was one of the first sounds I ever put on the soundboard. Um, so to anybody who is just joining us for the first time this season, welcome. We uh, are going to have a season full of fun games and trivia and post-game breakdowns and talking about the news going on in the NHL and you know deep dives on things like that and all kinds of stuff. And uh, for anybody who's returning, thank you so much. You're in for some new stuff this season, I promise. Some new merch, some new games, some new uh, other things that I'll not get into right now until more is put together. But if there's something that we always must do, let's play Where in the World is National Beanographic today. So, Beaner, where are you coming to us from? From the tomato capital of Canada. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Leamington. You left that one out. Okay. So Leamington is where like Heinz used to, the Heinz factory used to be. There you and go. And then there was a big uproar because they closed it down and then French's bought it. And So it's the, oh, so that's the French's plant now. Gotcha. Yeah. That's the whole kerfuffle. Well, cool. Whereabouts in Ontario is Leamington? It is actually just about the most southern point of Canada. Oh, cool. I am cool. currently farther south than the northernmost tip of california okay we, you know what <laughs> we gotta play the maps game because I, we if ken if it's your first time here we love pulling up maps uh so leamington how do you spell leaming, that l-e-a oh, l-e-a that's my bad yeah so leamington and point peely are technically farther south than oh wow the northern tip of california you're farther south than Detroit. So, <laughs> again, I know some people really might not care about this, but I'm interested because I didn't know where this was. This is where Leamington is. <laughs> like, what? It's it's farther south than Niagara Falls. I was just going to say, I'm going to Niagara Falls. I didn't really know what's farther south than that, but holy. Yeah, look at that. That is the farther and southern, southern most, whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> southernmost point in Canada. And that is why we call him National Beanographic. And without uh, any more delay, let's let's get into a real episode. Where's um here it is. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now your starting lineup, Roscoe, the fanalist. Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Uh, Leafs and Sens and Sens and Leafs. So uh, a little little back-to-back action here with uh, the Ottawa Senators as the Leafs start their season off. It's the first time in a couple of years. I haven't gone to the preseason game, but like I've mentioned on previous episodes, the tickets were just too expensive. And really, when I saw overtime tonight, there were not a lot of people there in Toronto. So, I mean, either uh, people were leaving to beat the traffic, but or there were just not as many sold. I don't know. Steph will tell us she was there if it was a sold out crowd or uh, 
what what the attendance was like. I, I'm I'm sure it was a good game to be at, like despite the fact that it was a loss. It's still preseason, so there's pluses and minuses to get from everything. Yeah, and I mean we'll get into the whole stars playing in uh, preseason games in a sec, but I think there's an element to it that's good for um, people that how do I put this? It's an accessible game for more people. I don't know what the prices are like in Toronto, but I mean, here it's, it's quite a bit cheaper than going to a regular season game. Not a lot, but you know, if that's the difference maker for people, it's nice that they get to go out and see, uh, a first line of Brady Kachuk's Tim Stutzla and Claude Giroux on opening night of the preseason. So, um, let's talk about that. (laughs) It's, it's so funny. It's like, Everybody in Leafs Nation had so much pent up trolling that this was the first thing that they could jump on was that we didn't send out anybody besides Nylander and Domi and uh, Riley, I think. I mean, Nyes, but I'd say he'd still be there anyway. And they send out their first line and everybody just up in arms like, oh, what's this, guys? (laughs) You you kind of have to, though, like there is I don't remember what the what the technical rule is. I think it's, you have to have eight players who played a minimum of 30 games or something, or it, I don't know the exact stat, but there is restrictions on certain players that you have to have for preseason games. But like, look at it like tonight, right? You save Austin and Marner for your home opener, preseason home opener, but still your home opener. You want your fans to see your, your high, high end guys. Yeah. And I mean, like I was saying, the the first game being in Ottawa, it makes sense for their fans to put these guys out on opening night. Like I get it. But at the same time, I totally understand all of Leafs nation jumping on this. Like, what do you guys do? Like, do these guys really need the warm up? No, they don't. But again, it's, it's a home game. It's opening night. They got to give the fans something. Yep. No, absolutely. I'm just trying to see there. I'm reading the rules on preseason, see if I can find this. A team may dress a minimum of eight veterans in any game. A veteran is a player uh, in any defensive or forward who played 30 or more games in the previous season. A goaltender who was dressed in 50 or more games or played in 30. Yeah, so you nailed it. Well done. That was literally going off the top of my head, something I heard in passing weeks ago. (laughs) That's wild that you retained that because that is exactly right. Good for you. Uh, so the, the Leafs dressed, we saw Domi for the first time, which as I sent out on Twitter was really like, it was one thing to have him signed and everyone's like, yeah, we got Domi, like, this is really cool. And you know, that, that wore off over uh, the months, but hearing the name on the play-by-play like reignited that nostalgia and that feeling of like, shit, he is back. Like, this is cool. This is really cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we just have to keep reminding ourselves that he's not his dad. Even though he did take a roughing penalty 13 seconds into the game. <laughs> I, To be completely transparent, I didn't see the game yesterday. Um, but un- unless he like skated over the line and just punched someone in the nose, it's it's still not like vintage tie. So. Oh, no, but uh, it, it was nice seeing him out there, and it, there wasn't wasn't a ton like that that line was obviously a little mishmashed and they started moving people around as the game went on but uh i mean it was it was fun to see him out there i think it'll be better when he's with people he's actually going to be playing with instead of mostly marley's and 
William Nylander. Um, but Nylander looked like he was absolutely carrying the entire team. It was nice to see um, putting him in a, a responsibility role. Like, I mean, if we want to see him playing at center, which we'll talk about in a sec, um, giving him that responsibility without much help is a good way to see how he does in a situation like that of leadership. So I think it was a good test for him. And I mean, regardless of the outcome of the game, I think he did really well. Yeah, the, I've been noticing a little bit of that kind of thing in Nylander's game often like sporadically the last handful of years where he'll he'll have a game or even a, a period where it's just you know what he's putting the team on his back but he's never like I don't feel he's ever strung that together for any extended period of time so like he has the ability to do that we just need to see him do that well, on a I consistent think- basis I think the beauty of this way this team is built is he doesn't have to every night. So it gives him that ability to, to turn it on when the other guys, you know, aren't at 100%. But again, if they want to move him to center and be really be driving a line and taking more responsibility defensively and, you know, maybe taking less points in order to drive plays, I think this was a really good test for him. Well, and going from wing to center, it, it, opens up a completely different aspect of the game for him too so like it's it it's not the 40s and 50s anymore where if you're a right wing you literally skate up and down the right side and you don't move but it still is just that much more different and it it might give him a little more flexibility in what he can do and what he feels like he can do if he's centered like he's controlling that line right like that's subconsciously that's how in my head it's always worked the center basically controls the line unless you have like an ovechkin on it exactly but yeah so i mean i guess we'll talk about it now since we're this deep into it do you see i mean we've been talking about him at at 3c i mean sure we can put him there but i i really think the long-term goal here is to see if they're uh, is an internal replacement when you have to move on from JT at 2C, right? Like, I mean, if you know that at some point you can just shift Nylander into that spot, that saves you going out and looking for something that's really hard to find. And it also justifies whatever contract you might be asking for. Well, there's a couple different aspects of this. If if the Leafs are looking long-term and they want to keep Nylander, then you can't put him on the third line. You absolutely exactly. can't. It's his contract year. You have to at least give him the opportunity to to succeed. Um, but also, if he's successful, and like I'm not talking winning the Selkie Trophy or anything like that, but if he's a su- successful everyday centerman, then that gives you so many more options. Even if you throw, like if you have JT center of the third line, like he's a consummate pro, he would do that. It's not like he would cause a problem in the dressing room. Or put him on the wing. Like he's got the skill set. He's still got the mind to to play the game at a high level. Just maybe take that little bit of responsibility off of him and put that on to someone like Willie, who, no offense to JT, Willie's a little younger, little str- like little faster. Just free up a little bit off of JT's shoulders. Like you could go with your center groups of Matthews, Willie, Domi, and Camp. Yeah, honestly. And 
with what Nylander's asking for and what you would – there's no world in which you pay him something that makes sense to put on the third line. Like management would have your head if you're the coach. Yeah. You're saying, yeah, I'm sticking Nylander here. They're like, we didn't pay him you know, nine and a half or whatever he's going to get so you could put him on the third line. Like that's not what we're doing here. So really like there's – the only world where this makes sense is that they're trying to shift JT to the wing. And yeah, like again, nothing against him. He's just – I, I think he's at a point in his career where you can just take some responsibility off him and let him just do what he's good at without having to worry about everybody else. And I think leave that to somebody who's got that to prove and is maybe a, a little quicker um, at making those decisions. Yeah. Or even like, like we said, even if you put JT at center on the third line like that, you're he's yeah. not, he, he's not then going up against the best defensive lines on the other teams. I, I know it's just the optics of like, what are you going to hear from Toronto media that we're paying 10 and a half for a third line center? Like at this point, I don't think the room really cares. I think it's more of the fans that get up in arms about it. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think again, management's going to be like, we're not paying him to be on the third line, but Again, they're also paying to have a team that wins. So I think it's if you have a system that works and it's maybe more rotation between the first, second, and third line instead of having like a top six and a bottom six, it's more of a top nine. Eh. But then you're cutting down time from Matthews and Marner being on the ice. And I just, I don't know. I think you're better loading up these guys on two lines just with the way that this league works. Well, I think they are maybe leaning towards doing more of a top nine. Like if they're legitimately wanting to try Matthews on the penalty kill, they're trying to find him some extra minutes and maybe free up some five on five minutes somewhere else. Fair. That's a good point. Right. Yeah. He's got to get it somewhere. Like he's still young enough and and, in phenomenal shape. Like he can handle a little bit more ice time, but I don't know if I would want to give him too much more because you still want him to be as fresh as possible come playoff time. No, for sure. Uh, I do want to go back to the game. Um, so we did have a couple standouts in the first game. I know you didn't get to catch it, but uh, goals from Lagason and Steves, which were honestly, both of them were pretty nice. Both uh, nice shots from around the circle. The, the Steves one, though, Dylan Gambro is his name, right? New guy. Uh, skated right across the front of the uh, Ottawa net as soon as Steve took the shot, and he just like goalie had no eyes on it. It was beautiful; like everybody knew exactly what to do. It was a really, really well done play. Um, other than that, I didn't notice Steve's too much. That might be, you know, diminishing his game a little bit because I wasn't. It's preseason; I was kind of in and out of them a little bit. Um, but I mean, Timmins picked up an assist on each of them, though he didn't. I mean. It's a little slow. He did put on 21 pounds, but <laughs> it is it just me or tonight did Gio look really old? Buddy, yeah. I uh I think it's everyone's like, "Oh, why are we paying 1.1 to Timmins?" Uh, I think he might be playing this year a little more than we <laughs> we think. Like, no offense to Gio, and I love the I love him as a person. I I loved it when we got him, and even last year he still played a lot of good games for us but i don't know if it's the the extra inch he grew at age 39 or (laughs) to be fair (laughs) he is playing against like a bunch of 18 19 and 20 year olds so there's a lot of people that are doing things to prove themselves to the coach like a lot of 
uh, one man shows that people wouldn't do in a regular season game. Like I feel like a lot of the sends were a lot more aggressive in trying to take the puck away and do riskier plays because they're all trying to make the team. Um, so I, I think Geo just got caught off guard by a lot of like basically AHL guys swarming him all night. And uh, yeah, he, he did look slow in comparison. Uh, the other one that really stood out in the first game that I liked was um, not only Lagason. Who was the other one? Uh, Fraser Minton, who was mm. all over the ice the whole game. And oh, my God, I put this out there and everybody seemed to agree. They put him with Kyle Clifford to start the game. And it was like like what you said about Geo, but like watching. <sighs> oh, my God. It, it, I don't even want to make a comparison to be rude about this. It was tough. Like Clifford can't keep up with him. And Steve's would like do a spin around in front of the net, throw it over to the open side where Clifford would have a wide open net. And he goes, oh, shit, I was not expecting that. And he just doesn't get the pass. And then there was just a couple times where Minton would try to start a play and, and Clifford just couldn't read what he was doing. And it's like, OK, obviously you're having a good game. Let's move you up. So they put him with um, Nige and... Oh, who was it? I'm forgetting now. I'm going to... I know Mike's yelling at me because we had this conversation on it. But anyway, they moved him up. And uh, he he's fast, man. Like, I wasn't expecting some of these guys... Like, there's names that we were looking for. Like, I was trying to watch Hirvanen and, um, and Nimala over these two games because, you know, they've been talked about a lot. And, and like, obviously Robertson. But it's it's been some of these other guys that uh, we've picked up just in the last draft or two that are uh, quite impressive. Minton, Minton's got a good, a really good work ethic. He's a really smart player. Um, I think he's going to turn out to be a good player for us in the future. Um, and then hearing you describe that, it's like, if we were, if our Leafs late night group was playing Chell and you, me, and Darty are on the team and we're passing to each other, and you and me pass to each other multiple times, we pass to Darty with Darty with his shitty internet and just <laughs> he, he he shoots the puck after it's already in the corner, right? Like exactly. And I just checked it was Lafferty that they put him with, so obviously they're trying to match the speed up there with with Nyes and Lafferty, who are quick dudes. So yeah, we and, love you, Darty. <laughs> we love you and we love when you go out on walks because your internet on data seems to be better than whatever you're on at home. <laughs> love you buddy um yeah so between them i mean like i said lagason was good um riley was pretty good obviously um goalie wise both i gotta say regardless of the goals because i mean come on fucking tim stutzlow scored two of them and then uh Kachuk scored the other one I think so the goals don't matter but Petrozelli and Hildeby both looked fantastic and my god are those guys huge they're six <laughs> six six and six seven are you fucking kidding me when I read that I was like is that on skates or <laughs> like including their goalie mask what the fuck no that's that's before like they're they're massive human beings and it's it, I can only imagine, I, clearly I don't know, but I can only imagine that that would greatly aid in playing net when you can go down into the butterfly and the whole bottom of the net's covered up. Yeah, that seems to be the trend with goalies these days. It's just like find someone massive that can cover most of the net and make their job a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, one of the other notable things of the uh, the first game there 
after the first period, the shots were on track to be, what's that, 72 to uh, 21 for Ottawa. But instead, it finished 38-32 for the Leafs. So Leafs got outshot. Out, not shout out shot. Wow, <laughs> that came out backwards. <laughs> Leafs got outshot twenty four to seven in the first period and proceeded to outshoot the Sens seventeen to four and fourteen to four over the second and third. So, um, <laughs> a little turning of the tables there, but wasn't enough to come back because, uh, like I said, when you, the first lines out there against really just Nylander and Robert um, Riley, it's like eh, not much of a chance. They Stutzla was insane and jake sanderson my god that dude played like the entire game and he is really good they've got a between him shabbat and chikrin they've got a really good defensive core there in ottawa i gotta say it's actually almost coming to the point where shabbat's the third best defenseman on the team right which is crazy to say oh it's uh uh I hate to say it, they do have quite the hill to climb to get into it, but they are going to make the race interesting, at least with Buffalo for, uh, you know, maybe the wild card spot, at least. Like it, It's still a ton of points to add to what they did over the last two years, but the team looks a lot better. Yeah, and like, I I do not like the Senators, one iota, but it is always better when the Battle of Ontario is actually relevant. Yeah, the only thing I don't like is it's going to make my ticket prices here a little higher. But it will be nice to go and not feel like we're overtaking the Canadian Tire Center and actually have like, you know, some friendly, um, jovial um, back and forths with some Sens fans, you know? Friendly? You're running into different Sens fans than I am. They're (laughs) usually pretty like... uh, I don't know. I did get one at the beer store the other day. I um, I was carrying a bunch of cans from the, my trunk and one of them blew off the top. And uh, this truck pulls up and a guy hops out. And I thought he was going to run and grab it for me because my hands were full. He just looks at me, goes, Leafs fucking suck and walks into the beer store. I was like, thanks. <laughs> I put all these boxes down and go and grab this can that's blowing away in the wind. I was like, yes, nice. ah, hockey is back. That's for sure. Didn't get one of those all summer. That, uh, but that, yeah, that pretty much does it for the first game. Um, uh, yeah, there were, William Villeneuve also looked pretty decent. I don't know. There were there were a couple of guys that I was pleasantly surprised by, considering there was like nobody in the lineup. Yeah, and that's you like like with the Flames game with Coronado. Like you have to in games like that. Yes, you're not playing against the full NHL squad on the other side. But that doesn't matter. You have to make sure you're noticed for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like tonight, for example, like I was really happy to see Nikki Bobby. Yeah, like his motor did not stop tonight at all. I know Cowens didn't either. Um, as far as I can tell, like Cowan would basically have to go and score. I think a hat trick every preseason games actually make the team. But like that, that kid, he's, I think he's going to be a gem. I think so too. And actually we do have a couple questions that kind of all revolve around Robertson and Cowan. So I'll just throw those in here. Um, so this one comes from true living the best life. Our friend over at sports is fun. Marty asks, is Easton Cowan a first round caliber player? I would say so. 
Yeah, I think this is kind of the, the result of an extremely talented draft class. I mean, this was touted as one of the best in a long time. And I mean, that just pushes regular talent, I'll call it. Uh, people that aren't breakout stars, like the basically the top five to ten were in this draft. Uh, you you get everybody else that would just be um, in the first round any other year gets pushed down to the second. So I think the Leafs kind of, I don't want to say lucked out. I guess they made a good choice here in picking Easton Cowan. They knew what they were doing with not having a first pick. They needed to be strategic with this one. And I mean, we talked about it on the show when it happened. Everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Like, who is I've not heard of this guy. And everyone had to do their digging, and apparently the Leafs had all their notes on him. And, uh, yeah. Well, he's a, he was a little bit of a late bloomer, um, which sometimes is not a bad thing. Because if you don't have all that hype growing up, you can just kind of be allowed to do your thing, right? I mean, it's funny calling him a late bloomer. The kid looks like he's 13. Right? It's crazy. It makes me feel so old. Yeah, he had a... <clears throat> wait, so if he's 18, he was born in what, like 2000 five is that where we're at with the draft class oh five oh six somewhere in there jesus i don't even want to think about that i'm just thinking about like the he was born after the prequels were done like revenge of the sith was already out his entire life there has always been a salary cap in the i was just gonna say it was after the lockout (gasps) that's insane (laughs) well until 2026, I'm sure. But uh, Easton Gallen, I mean, the first we saw of him, he had a great rush that ended up uh, resulting in a penalty shot. And, you know, it was not a bad look. I mean, he he had a good little, they, they pointed out the little shoulder thing he did. It's kind of, it's, it almost looks cute, you know, when they point out all the little things he tried and everyone's just treating him like, oh, good job. Like, we're happy for anything you're doing, buddy. But then after that, he just kept it up all game. Dude was on fire. He's fast. Yeah, yeah. Him, him, and Nicky, Bobby, and Holmberg, like just all over the ice all night, using their speed. Like basically, what you would expect to see from like Marner and Matthews. That was those kids all night. Yeah, well, Marner and Matthews were kind of just going for a little warm up for most of the game. To be most honest, of it. and and that's the sad part. They like they weren't even giving one hundred and ten percent, and when they were out there, it was still like. Bertuzzi doesn't know what to do out there because I don't think he's ever played with that caliber of like no no offense to Bergeron and Pasternak. Oh no, but like he just went to the net every time. He's like, I don't know, I'll just go get the puck if you guys need it. I gotta crash the net if you have it. That's pretty much gonna be my play tonight. And yeah, hey, it, it worked in the end there with a uh, with the goal that Marner ended up picking up to tie it up. But yeah, it seemed like they were a little off but as soon as they're on it's like oh these guys now they're going to try for five seconds and they look you know head and shoulders above the rest of these guys seeing Matthews besides some of these rookies I was like holy shit Matthews is massive like oh yeah he's huge like the photo from uh, a couple years ago when he was standing beside Alex Manoa oh I haven't seen Manoa's a big man Matthews and Manoa Oh, yeah. Oh, poor Alec Manoa. <laughs> Here, yeah. I'll throw the picture. I'll throw it up for the peeps watching. Um, this picture, I guess. 
Oopsies. I can't show Instagram. It doesn't let me cast that. But yeah, this. So that's from when? Two years ago, I think. Okay. Well, yeah, he's huge. <laughs> huge. Um, other standouts tonight. So uh, let me just close the other game here. So obviously Leafs lost it in overtime. Um, but Cowan picking up a goal finally uh, on the power play after missing that um, penalty shot. So it was nice that the kid picked one up there. Abrazzi also looked pretty good tonight on that line. Him and Gregor, yeah, all of, there was a lot of really good looking uh, looking young guys tonight. I I don't know if there was too much tonight that I saw that really made me think, oh yeah, no, you're not ready, which really is a good good problem to have, like. I guess maybe um, Niemela's giveaway on the first goal when he just tried to kind of lob it up from behind his net like that. Oh, that was, was that Niemela? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I didn't see who that was. I just went, oh, that was a horrible turnover. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Justin Hall move. We, d- we didn't really help Wall to start the game too much. He didn't play his greatest, but we didn't really help him like it's still second game of preseason. Yeah. So I'm not really overly concerned. Um, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with Jones. Not that he saw a lot of high danger chances because there was still like a little bit of score effects going on. The Leafs are trying to tie it and the senators are just trying to kind of hang on. Um, but from there was the only one that- time Jones behind the net had the puck and took five seconds too long with it and gave it away and it turned into a goal. So I'm just going to say that one was all on him. Yeah, but he, it was still a pleasant surprise considering some of his numbers from the past. Like I'm not expecting him to come in and, and be the goalie that led San Jose to the cup final. But you know, if, if the Leafs wanted to have a goalie with a little gray hair, as they said in the broadcast, while he's, He's the one. Yeah, I mean, look, we've done Mrazek. We did Murray. Now it's Martin. You know, there's always a test run with an extra goalie to see what's going on here. I'm glad that it's less. uh, What's the word? It's not your starting goalie you're taking this chance on, right? Like we did with Murray where it was, you know, our starting or our 1B goalie is kind of a 50-50 shot. Uh, this seems like it's our third string goalie is a 50 50 shot. And I'm kind of okay with that being the rehabilitation project and sticking with wall and Sammy who again, while not an awesome night, but not, no cause for concern. So I'm cool with that. Yeah. And it, it would be one thing if he came in last year and was a little shaky and then he's starting this way shaky, but he played great for the Leafs last year, regular season and playoffs. Like, like I've said many times, and I'll die on this hill, he wasn't the reason we lost that series against Florida. No. Um, yeah, and then you have, like, Petrozelli and Hildeby battling it out for the Marlies. Not to mention where, I don't know where Pex is going to play. Because I believe Oktyamov's back over in the KHL. So he's not playing this year. It seems like and, there's going to be a rotation through all their minor leagues of some goalies. Yeah, and you, I think we've got still got Dryden McKay with the Growlers. So there's there's definitely a, a healthy pipeline. And I'm not saying they're all going to be starters, but these are all goalies with legitimate potential to be everyday NHLers. 
Yeah, and whether it's for the Leafs or to be traded, you know, if you got a bunch of them, great. So another one that stood out tonight, I thought, um, it was just on the tip of my tongue. Oh, um, this to wrap a question in here, Aaron at uh, Easy Lifeguard seventy nine. What'd you think of Klingberg and Reeves night? I thought Klingberg was actually pretty good. I like what Power Play One was doing. I think Guy Boucher has done a great job with them. It looks different than last season. The way that they enter the zone with the puck is cleaner and efficient instead of this circling around and not getting in. And you know, it it's it seems like it's a different strategy and it worked for them. And I think that. Klingberg is a good fit on this new strategy. Like they, it seems like they've been working with him on it for, you know, part of training camp here. Um, he had some good little plays. Yeah. He's not perfect defensively, but he's not horrible either. Like, I mean, he did have some takeaways and some nice little uh, plays to keep it into the, uh, in the Ottawa end. I don't know. I wasn't disappointed by Reeves at all. Um, at one point, I think they said he had six shots. I don't know what he finished with on the night, but I mean, again, it could have been a lot worse. He had an assist on the Marner goal there. Yeah, I wasn't necessarily disappointed with Reeves, but I wasn't blown away either. It was kind of just, eh, let's hope he doesn't turn into a, a Clifford or a, a Simmons-esque. Like, not, nothing against Simmons. I love the guy, but it just it didn't work out. Um, I didn't see <clears throat> Reeves. I honestly, like, the few minutes that I wasn't paying attention, I didn't. Like, I missed him playing. I don't know how much time he got, but I, I didn't really <laughs> get anything. Yeah, there wasn't anything outstanding. Like, he didn't do anything stupid, but he wasn't outstanding. So, yet again, preface everything with it's preseason. And it's the second game of preseason. So, we we got to be careful with how how deeply we're reading into all of this. Exactly. Um, Like, even look at Klingberg. I thought his first couple shifts, he looked really like tentative and and really like unsure of what he wanted to do and then it's like what am i doing i'm an nhl or i know what i'm like i know how to play and then he picked it up and he started to actually use his skating and use his stick handling because that's that that's why you got him you didn't get him to do the other things because that's not his game and it's not that he's no good at defending just that's not his strongest suit like he's still an nhl defenseman and it was nice to see, I know I was worried about him playing with McCabe, but seeing them move the puck back and forth and having a potential of a shot from either side was actually kind of cool to see. Like the Leafs never have that. So it was nice that like, you know, it goes over to McCabe and, you know, he fires a shot, even though it hits somebody, but it's like from either end, you've got that danger. And, you know, that's a weapon that they haven't had in the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see if that's a pair that they run for some situations like that, or if it was just a test, I don't know. It's cool. I, I would, t- I, I would tend to think that that's probably going to be a pairing that they're going to hopefully want to try to stick with like Riley Brody, McCabe, Klingberg, Lily, and Timmons. Geo or Geo. Timmons yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one, Oh, here, let's play in. I didn't know that he played for our team. I heard, um, you know, they called the name Blandisi and I was like, oh, is he like related to Joseph Blandisi? And that's when I realized that Joseph Blandisi plays for the fucking Marlies. Yeah, I did not so know that, this. Well, that's a, if I'm remembering correctly, that's a new thing this year. And I think he, 
I think there's a, a loophole that he doesn't actually qualify as a veteran for he the Marlies. played for them last year. Oh, he did? Okay. 43 games with the Marlies last year and 61 with them. Oh, 21, two years, 21-22. He had 43 games with the Marlies and last year had 61 games with the Marlies. So he's Sorry, been I'm, with us for a while. I'm thinking of Gregor. If, if mm. we sign Gregor, he doesn't count as a veteran. That's what I was thinking. Sorry. Gotcha. So Joseph Blandisi, why do I? Oh my God. You know why I know this fucking name? So I played NHL 2012 or 13 and I played for the Ottawa 67s and he was on that Ottawa 67s team in my be a pro career. So that's why I recognize this name. That's so funny. He ended up on uh, drafted by Colorado, went from New Jersey to Anaheim to Pittsburgh and kind of been in and out of the NHL. He also had a really embarrassing dive. I don't know if you ever saw it back in, I think it was 2016. Oh, yeah. He was playing for the Devils at the time. Oh, yeah. It's really embarrassing. I wonder if we can. I'll, I'll link it. I can't. Yeah, it's a sports net. Uh, DC called out for hilarious embellishment. Okay. It was against the uh, Flyers. So go look it up because I can't play it. It's a sports net clip, but we'll watch it later. Uh, anybody else before I go on to questions from the game? Um, Like, I, I saw flashes from Niemela. I still think he needs another year down in the Marlies. Um, yet again preseason but with especially with the Klingberg signing and having Timmins and Geo I don't think there's any point in trying to rush him up um camp looked good nothing spectacular nothing new he was he was camp like I, I feel like that's just that's what he brings whether it's preseason regular season playoffs he shows up yeah, and I think regardless of who makes the team and who gets cut, uh, the Marlies have a really good-looking team this year. <laughs> yeah, I I really think they're trying to make sure that it's, you know, it, it's not a, a one-team city. They want both teams to be relevant because that, that's only good when you do have, like if you have Hill to be playing a big role in net and Niemel on defense and, and Hervin in on four, like, if you have all these prospects that you want to make your team and you want them to be contributors at the NHL level, you have to have them succeed at least in some form all the way up. And if yeah. you can do that in your organization, in the city that you're hoping they play for your team in, it, it's only going to help things. Yeah. And I think after last year, when they picked the Marlies apart around the trade deadline, it, it really hurt them. So it's kind of like a, sorry about that. We're going to give you a couple more guys here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like uh Kokanen was kind of all over the place he had some good he had some bad um ref- same with refi but nothing yeah there was a bit there i'm trying to pull up like a whole roster thing but they don't have the same kind of score stuff for uh preseason here i was gonna say the nhl.com box score sheet is absolute it's it's like something you would read yeah season I was gonna say when I you know what's so bad when I googled the game like for the stats Google has learned what I'm gonna click on and the one that it puts at the top is CBS Sports I'm like of course it does you're just trying to make me click one that's stupid like I just 
whatever. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Uh, question here from Fun Guy, Southpaw Cal. Is Robertson going to make the cut? At this point, like I know he's waiver exempt, so he can go down, but you got to have him on the team. Like, Who do you take off? Like that's what it comes down to. Quick rundown right now. Pertuzzi, Matthews, Marner. Yeah, I'm just pulling up daily face off here. Nyes, Willie, JT. Robertson, Domi, Yarn, Croak. Lafferty, Camp, Reeves. And you send Holmberg down. So, he, yeah. So here they've got, well, this has Lafferty on the second line and Nylander's 3C. So if we switch that, put like Domi at 3C. Yeah, I guess that works. Robertson on the third left. Like if and we're he, going, and even yeah, if we, we go have, top nine, like this isn't that bad. I just the nice Tavares Lafferty as the second line doesn't really make sense. I like I know Lafferty's got the speed, but I'd see him as more of a, a third or fourth line guy. Like really, yeah. if you if you had Lafferty, Camp, and Reeves, that would actually be a pretty deadly fourth line. Yeah, like I would pull. I would sooner put Yarncroke up there. Than I would Lafferty, because I think Yarncroke's got a more dangerous shot, and Lafferty can take advantage of his speed to just like you know fuck around with camp, whatever they got to do. Well, and Yarncroke kind of he almost became our Alex Kerfoot last year, right? Exactly. He played first line. He played second line. He played th- like he literally played everywhere. He that's true. He has come in as like a a Kerfoot two point that uh, can find the back of the net for fuck's sakes. <laughs> I watch Kerfoot's going to do so well in Arizona this year. Oh, probably just to make us all look bad. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, of course it's only going to be against the Leafs. We'll probably get a hat trick. And I know I said that already, but just mark my words. By the way, the one player on the senators, Imama. Yeah. Oh my gosh, every time he said that, I thought someone was trying to say a Yo Mama joke. Like, it, I felt so bad for thinking that. There was, uh, we're getting into that era of names where, I mean, even Easton Cowan, it's like, I, the hockey names are one thing, but like, holy guys. We're, yeah. we're going to give the uh, college football a run for their money. We might. Like, See, there's a guy named General Booty. <laughs> Okay, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is the one that blew my mind. Oh my gosh. Look at this one. General Bodie from Allen, Texas. Okay then. Not what I picture, but you know, there he is. <laughs> Wow. I can't, man. It's so funny. Okay. Um, now we got a, a slew of questions from Steph, the fanalist. Love you, Steph. Where are the holes in the lineup after tonight's game? Um, I mean, God, it's hard to say with holes in the Matt lineup. Matt Murray's medical it's, records? <laughs> there's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's tough when it's not really the lineup. Like, I mean, I hope that um, Bertuzzi, Marner, and Matthews get a decent amount of practice together and, and 
time, maybe a couple more preseason games, even just the three of them together to uh, figure that out, because obviously it's a new matchup. Um, I mean, bunting didn't click immediately with them. We went through a bunch of other people before we found that. So I think he needs a good run to get used to it. Um, That being said, I think he is an overall better player than bunting. Yeah, I agree. So if he can stay healthy, I think that's got great potential for a first line. And then your second line, like I've I've penciled Nyes and Nyes on the left hand side with Willie and JT. You pick what one you want to play center. Um, you could even swap Nyes for Robertson. Like uh, realistically, a line with Robertson, Willie, and JT that might not be that bad, especially if Robertson can hustle like he did. Yeah, again, I just I pray that Robertson can stay healthy. I mean, everybody was worried he left the first period there and came back, but he's just had such bad luck his whole career with staying healthy. So that's going to be the uh, the difference maker. Obviously, you know, that's magic beans at this point, but okay, sorry about that. Little uh little cut for a technical there so we were talking nick robertson as long as he can stay healthy um you know i I think he could slot in there on the second line i just i think that nice has gotten the the time there now with the end of the season and obviously that's just because robertson's been hurt and it's unfortunate but i think he's kind of um gotten his way in there in the in the meantime so i think robertson on the third and whoever performs better you know you can switch them around i think that's the luxury again like if we're talking about a top nine there's not really a a wrong combination of these guys you can do in the second and third and like you have the flexibility jt can play center or wing domi can play center or wing lafferty can play center or either wing yeah like you've got camp yeah yarn croak can play either wing like you've got a lot of flexibility so depending on even depending on who you're facing you could you could switch things up. So I would say, as far as holes on this team, not even to say tonight, but like in general, I think it's still defense. I mean, maybe with tonight, with what we saw out of Geo, that it, it maybe it's not there anymore. If Timmins and Lilligren is our third pair, is that really what we want to go with? Um, I mean, it's not awful, but is it what's going to take us through the playoffs? I don't. I don't really know, especially after seeing the, you know, if you off the top of my head, you know, Chikrin, Sanderson, um, Shabbat, Zub, like that's a that top four. I mean, I know that's uh, yeah, I know I'm not comparing it to our bottom two, but like still it's what I'm trying to say is I don't (laughs) like that. And I think there's some changes that need to be made on defense. So to answer your question, Steph, I think if there's any holes that came out tonight, it's that defense isn't shored up and they've got to do some things if they want to make this uh a real competitive defense. I don't dislike Lilligren. I just think he needs to be the worst guy of the six. And right now I think Timmons might be. Uh, judging by what I saw tonight, I would say that Geo probably is. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you need a good partner for Lilligren. If we're going to send him out there on the, the third pair, and if our second one is going to have, uh, or no, I guess Geo would be the third, but yeah, something needs to be done there. Yeah, like Riley Brody, Klingberg, McCabe, Lilligren, Timmons. Like I don't, I don't hate that at all. 
but like I'm saying, like if you're doing Lilligren Timmons, I feel like it's too close of a skill level between those guys to feel like either one of them is going to improve. Like you want somebody with Lilligren that's going to make him better. And I don't know if Timmons is going to really push him or teach him anything or, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's a good pair for either of those two guys. I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, really, we're at a point where we just have to try something. Yeah. Um, And then the other side of it is we're still, I think we're still technically 2 million over the cap. Oh, yeah. So I know there was a lot of speculation in the offseason that maybe they would try to move Yarnbroke. You're like three million over two point nine four three nine five zero, so three million. So, if you go a, I'm just on Cap Friendly's Friendly's like interactive little, um, little page here where you can move players around and it shows you the cap hit. I guess, I guess technically they can very easily get down to five, only being 500,000 over. But you have no subs, like no extra players. You're carrying no extra players except Geo. Yeah, they're so strapped, man. Bertuzzi, Matthews, Marner, Yarn Croak, Tavares, Nylander, Nyes, Domi, Reeves, Robertson, Camp, Lafferty, Riley, Klingberg, Brody, Lilligren, McCabe. Timmons, Samsonoff, Wall, and then Geo. And Geo's only making eight hundred K. Like that doesn't even get you anywhere. I would have, like, unless they make a trade, I would almost hazard a guess that in this situation they try and sneak Timmons down on waivers and just carry just the main roster and have Geo play the first handful of games until they figure man. something out. This is so annoying. NHL finance. Okay. Um, next question from Steph. Notice any chemistry between players? Yeah, I think that Aberzazi, um, Holmberg, and who was it that was with them? Was that Cowan? Uh, or Cowan was with Gregor and um, they, they were kind of shuffling things around. Cowan was there. Um, um, if I, I can't. I can never say his name. Ryan Ferberg. Ferberg. Uh, number 77 tonight. Yeah. <laughs> verb. Verberg. Verberg. Verb. We'll call him verb. The verb. The verb with Nikki alphabets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that whole little group of them did well. Um, they all seem to click pretty, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, McCabe and Klingberg, like I said, I think had, a, had some good chemistry going right away. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are the standouts. I was liking that. And just, well, it, it goes without saying Matthews and Marner showing theirs. And then he, yeah. Bertuzzi had a couple shifts too, where he looked like he was getting into it, seeing what they were doing and trying to work with them. Yeah. And from, uh, from game one, I think the, uh, the Minton Nyes and Lafferty line was pretty cool. I know that's not going to happen, uh, you know, any, anything outside of preseason, but it's cool to see what's to come in the next generation of this team potentially. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, next one, Jones or Wall? Well, if for no other reason than he's like 
$60,000 cheaper wall. Yeah. It's, I, guess, I guess he's $100,000 cheaper. Look, it's one of those. Uh, do you credit Jones for, you know, everyone sees something or else they wouldn't keep him here. Like, obviously, he's just been on horrible teams. San Jose, San Jose, I, I saw only won eight home games last year. They've been really bad. Can and you they imagine? Had the Norris Trophy winning defenseman. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. Eight home game wins. Can you imagine being a fan in San Jose and having what's that like a one in five ish chance of them winning when you go? That's like a 20% chance that they win the game. That's fucked. What am I paying for? <laughs> oh my God. Banks, you guys can keep paying Velasic and Couture and whoever. Jesus. So, um, yeah, I think I think there's something there with Jones. If he's on a decent team with, you know, a, a real system and a whole, you know, the whole shebang. Can he do it? I don't know. Nobody knows. We'll fucking see, I guess. But what we've gotten out of Wall, I think, is somebody who's been through the system, uh, who's a product of, of the Leafs, which is something we don't always get. Somebody who went to the World Juniors. Uh, that's been with us for a long time. And I think it's um, like we talked about this when we got Martin Jones. It wouldn't really be fair to Wall after all of that to just say, actually, this guy who averages like an 875 is going to get a spot over <laughs> you. Like, it, I think it's going to be one of those things where if someone gets hurt and Jones steps in, if he's decent and, you know, doesn't suck, that's just a good thing. And I think that's we can all just be happy with that. He's probably going to spend most of his time with the Marlies until someone gets hurt, which is inevitable. And it means that we don't have to uh, go. What was it last year? We we lost Wall and Murray and Samsonov. And it was like, OK, who do we have left? Shalgren and Shalgren. And I think Petrozelli backed up. And then we were <laughs> calling up e-bugs for like every other game. So I'd rather this where you at least have something that's NHL tested and has the potential to rehab his career. So, yeah, yeah. we, we need, we need Pridham to do a little cap magic somehow, but fuck, I don't know, man. I don't know. With all those ugly Jersey uh, ads, you'd think there'd be a little more money. Nah, it's all going into Batman's pocket. What was that one? Um, I think it was, Arizona's was it Arizona's that's got the um, or no Anaheim I think they've got two patches like one on either front of the shoulder so it like pushes the C down like against their fucking crest it looks so ugly yeah the C is like below your nipple yeah what was it Anaheim Jersey I want to find this because it was so bad um ads <laughs> yeah here we go just so everybody knows what i'm talking about here in case you missed this one so that is a very very stupid looking mishmash of shit on a jersey and it's so unnecessary like i get they want to do the 30 and it's 30 years i guess they've been here so but like Put that on the shoulder. I was just going to say, yeah, to me, put that on the shoulder. If you want your other Ducks logo on the shoulder, alternate it. 
have your could, 30 anniversary patch on one shoulder and the other oh, ducks because that's the old that's goalie mask duck logo. Yeah. I don't know. This is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, what is what is this A? It's so stupid. Oh, man, I can't. Like, Might as well th- put it in the center. And, like, if this is what we're putting fans and players through, like, can we get more than, like, you know, some change for the salary cap bump? I know it's going to be, like, 7 mil, but, like, why, why has it taken so long when nothing else took this long? No other league has been held up this long from the pandemic. Batman. Yeah. Like, I, I, I hate to say it. We talk about it all the time, but Batman. Yeah, and we didn't have Marty Walsh. <laughs> Not to say that he could have got anything better, but I think the deal the players took was garbage. So here we so are. Do you, what do you think? Are they going to give Cowan another game? I mean, I think you have to. Like, there's a couple of guys that have stood out. I think you got to throw Minton back in or you got to throw Cowan back in. Um, There's, yeah, like, why not see what you've got? I mean, people are talking on Twitter is, you know, Cowan going to get a spot over Nick Robertson. And, like, I think it's way too early in Cowan's career to do that. I mean, the guy, we literally just drafted him, let him have a season still he's probably not even gonna play with the marlies the he be with the growlers you think 18 cowan no yeah. he'd be back at the knights oh true duh so he goes back to the london knights spends a year there like you you want to be in a league where you have that confidence and uh know that you were selected and you know hone your skills and know that you gotta build up to it where if you reward people right away i think the you know you run the risk of potentially ruining his development so Stick Selfishly, I really want them to send him down because I'm going to the Knights game on Friday. Fun. <laughs> Knights home. Oh opening. yeah, I guess they would. If they send him down, he goes right to the team right away. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, I don't know. I figured if you're there for preseason, like you stick around for the whole thing, don't they cut everybody at the end? Well, typically, but well, sometimes teams like NHL teams will cut some of the younger players ahead of time. That way they can get back to wherever they're going to be playing and fair. Right. And then if you're, if you're the Knights, you have a player that is at an NHL training camp. It's not like he's, it's going to be a question whether or not he's going to be on your team. Fair enough. All right. Well, that wraps up the games Uh, real quick. Something that hit the news that we got to touch on before we get out of here. Steven Samkos arrived at camp and was pissed the fuck off because he was not offered a contract that he uh, wanted before they got to training camp. And uh, here we are. So what do we think uh, our second line is going to look like with Steven Samkos on it? Come trade deadline. Shout out to Marty. Um, (laughs) I, I think part of me would love seeing that. But at the same time, that that's almost going like early thousands esque, where we're just chasing after the big name. Like, I mean, Stamkos isn't just chasing a big name, especially if you're going to the playoffs. Like, well, he's not a sixty goal scorer anymore. He's had hundred and ninety points over the last two seasons. I know, but he's not like he's not the premier player on his team that's why we're talking about him being on the second line we're not talking about him being the premier player on the team but i'm saying if you can somehow look obviously it's not going to be a fun deal to make but if there's some way that you make it happen the guy wanted to be here at one point he was very close to doing it 
And this is the second time they'll let him walk to free agency, essentially. So I think he seems like he's done with Tampa. And uh, I mean, I've heard I've heard funny rumor about uh, funny. I've heard a funny rumor that um, he could go to Florida if he wanted to, because it's the same tax and everything. They could make him a deal. Probably wouldn't even have to sell his house. Just exactly. drive a little farther. About three hours apart, but yeah, fuck it. So Real, realistically, this is probably Stamkos and Hedman sitting in a room in the middle of summer and saying, "Hey, you know, the Leafs signed Matthews, so you know everything's calm. Let's give him something to to complain, to talk about, and to to dream up. Let's. I'll just I'll pretend like I'm pissed off coming into training camp that I'm not signed. I don't know, man. Like he's <laughs> you. He was right pissy a la Dreisaitl. Like, this guy really was not happy with how he was treated. Um, I mean, he's the captain. And Breezeball's even come out and said, like, look, we got we to gotta think about the future of the team. He's been a staple here for a long time. But, you know, we're, we're always looking at what the next couple of years look like. So what that means is unless Stamkos is willing to take a huge pay cut, they don't have room for him. And I don't think he's at that point in his career because, as a lot of people have pointed out, just – Thanks to the era that he came up in, he's never made more than eight and a half million dollars a year. So now he's seeing everybody sign these contracts and he's thinking, well, I want money. And they're like, well, you're also 35. So we can't give you $10 million. So like, I don't know what you want, Steve. Yeah. And uh, with that, I have lost Beaner and I think we will just call it a night. That is all we've got for you. Thank you for tuning into Leafs. Late night. I'm your host, Roscoe. That has been Beaner. Remember to follow us on all of the platforms to get all of your uh, post games and fun Leafs news and all the games and stuff. So we love you. Good night. Another one. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And subscribe to Inside the Rink on YouTube for all of the videos. Love ya.